Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Allie Walter. I met Allie back in LA at the, uh, the Millennial Entrepreneur Network, and we hit it off right away. She is very smart, let me tell you. In today's show, she's going to share with you how she had built a business, an asphalt business. Yes, a girl built up an asphalt business, took it from $60,000 in revenue a year to a million a year in five years. She talks about how she built that business up, some of the strategies she used with branding, with marketing, everything she did in that process and how you can relate it to your own business. And then we go into what she does now. Which is, it's pretty sweet. I mean, we did at the Young Entrepreneur Convention, we had food trucks there. What she does now is she helps food trucks 10x their business to take them from doing fifty to 100000 to anywhere to $500,000 a year. And she's been called the food truck whisperer. She knows her stuff. So if you're thinking about getting a food truck, you're in the food industry, you're going to want to listen to this. She has some great content. She shares how you can attract great venues for doing the food trucks, what you should and shouldn't do, how to make more money. There's some marketing tips in here. All kinds of stuff in the food industry. After listening to this, it made me want to go buy a food truck. You're definitely going to hear it. It's exciting, and Allie has some great insight. And just in life, she's a lot like me. She's motivated. You can hear her passion when she talks. I'm excited to bring her on the show. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys about my website, keystothecrowd.com. We actually just completely redid the whole site. I urge you to go over to keystothecrowd.com and check out the site. Let us know what you think. I mean, completely revamped. It looks awesome. I, I love it. And we have our a new course up actually too. Brand new course. It's on there as well for you to get all kinds of insight and advice on crowdfunding. And you've been hearing me talk about it for Ambitious Adventures, the reality TV show. If you go on our front page, you can submit to potentially be on a segment for our show. We're traveling to 10 different cities across the country, interviewing entrepreneurs in the cities, and you have the chance to be one of them entrepreneurs. You just got to go on the front page. You can see the Ambitious Adventures. Click on that, submit the form, and we will contact you. Maybe we'll be coming to your city and interviewing you for our reality TV show. I'm excited for it, and uh, it'd be kind of cool to see different places out there. We had somebody reach out from Maine the other day. I've never been to Maine. Maybe I'll be going to Maine. I don't know, but uh, check that out on our site there, keystothecrowd.com. Well, let's get into it with Allie Walter. I'm excited. She is going to blow you away. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Allie Walter. How's it going, Allie? What up, my man? Hey, Allie and I just met. I was speaking at the Millennial Entrepreneur Network, and she and I, we just, we both uh, hit it off right away. 
We're both uh, kind of the same people. Just she's a male or she's a female and I'm a male. And uh, we both are kind of squirrely brain, a little ADD and all over the place. But we have the same mindset. And she told me everything she's doing and how she's built up companies and how she's working in the food truck industry and everything else. And I told her she had to come on the show. And I see us doing multiple things in the future. But I wanted to bring her on the show, could share the experience. Ali, I'm excited for the audience to learn everything about you and how crazy you are. And if somebody knows that, hey, you're like me, they're like, oh, I can't wait to hear this girl. <laughs> uh, so let's start out. Tell me where you got started as an entrepreneur, Ali, and how it led you to today. Tell me your early beginnings in the entrepreneur world. Cool. Well, first and foremost, thank you. And I always say that every genius has a little bit of madness in them, and that's what makes us special, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, um, when I was 15, 16 years old, I was a part of a club called DECA uh, when I lived in Colorado, and it was a business and a marketing competition club. And, you know, in high school, I kind of started getting lost. Like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. All the, everybody was planning for college, like, in their degrees, and I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with myself. And when I started getting into DECA and I started doing, you know, the competitions, not only did I figure out that I freaking loved it, but I also found out that I was really good at it. And my first, I guess you could say, quote unquote, entrepreneurial experience was I built out, they had one of the competitions for the national, uh, the national competition was you can build out an entrepreneurial manual, it's thundering here, manual with a full blown out business model of, of a business you'd like to launch. And so I used to love camping. And so I built out, it was actually called Calypso Point Campground that I built out nice. this whole business model, um, to launch this, this campground in Sarasota, Florida. And not only did I win at the regional and the state level, but I was able to win and get, um, into the national level. And I was 16 years old, right? So that's kind of how I first started. Um, and then I went to school for advertising because I found out that of business, I really loved marketing, branding, advertising, the creative side of things. Where were you? Where did you go to school at? A University of South Florida. Nice. So I'd, I'd moved back to Florida at that point. Um, I was 21 years old. And here comes this man. And I used to be a little bit of a rescuer. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I think we talked about that before. But um, yeah, he, uh, he was a third generation. I called him Tar Baby, right? He, his, his family had owned an asphalt business for three generations but was still only grossing about $60,000 a year. And um, yeah, that's uh, pretty, pretty poor, struggling immensely. And first couple months of our relationship, obviously, we're all about the dating and the fun stuff. But then I'm like, you know, I can help you with this business. I don't know how, but I know marketing. I know branding. Let me help you. And um, it's kind of the rest is history at that point because within five years, I took that business to be a million dollar a year uh, revenue beast. And um, 60K to 1 million. 60K to 1 million in five years. And I had never run a business before. So, so yeah. tell me, so to do that, that's crazy. I mean, what you've done, congrats what you've done with that. What are some Thank of the big things that you did, the, the changes you made to be able to go from something that's not even a six, a five figure business to a seven figure business in a matter of five years? What did you do? What's the secret behind that? Because I'm sure everybody's like wondering, okay, how do I do that? <laughs> I know, right? Well, honestly, and sometimes I, I still wonder and I'm like, well, holy shit, you know, like I do believe everybody 
people, some people are just built or born with certain innate skills. And I have this thing about my brain, like I work in formulas and boxes and systems and I'm able to like, I love solving puzzles and problems, obviously the rescuer, right? And so going into that business, the first thing that I noticed was just the branding sucked. Like you got, you, when you launch a business, your brand is basically your first impression and, you know, we, we, we talked about that earlier when we were doing a, a video for, for my food truckers about crowdfunding is on average, you have anywhere from four to eight seconds. The, the range is about six seconds to actually hook somebody's attention and keep them, you know, interested in you. And especially in the online world, you know, or even the phone book, whatever, you have so many options for so many different types of companies. Like if you don't stand out, you're fucked, right? So right from the get go, I was like, you need to rebrand. We need to look like there's beef behind this company. And I did that. I, I, I integrated some of my, my marketing systems, my communication systems. But I also started to put into play some, um, some frameworks behind how the business even ran in terms of how we brought the customers in, how we bid the projects how the projects were then delivered, the retention behind once you're a client, how do we keep you as a client, and then over time being able to also obviously create or build up the teams and train the teams properly, lead the teams, and um, and yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that has been my pet peeve ever since that company and why I do what I do is I see a lot of companies that miss their marks. You know, they have these big goals oh, we're going to increase revenue, you know, 25% this year or profits or whatever. But they miss the mark. And they wonder and they bitch and they complain about why. And it's because the C-suite is so disconnected from the front lines. And they don't have checks and balances in place to constantly stay at the forefront of what the hell is going on at the front lines of your company. And I was literally, for the first couple of years of that asphalt business, laying asphalt every single day, sealing parking lots, painting parking lots, to where I I'm really trying to got... picture this. I'm trying to picture you <laughs> laying in the fast fall. <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, like, I, you know, I'm the type of chick, I have a mud truck, you know, I ride horses, I dirt bikes, all that kind of stuff. So I was fine with it. It's really freaking hard. But so I got the respect for the front lines, but I also understood the, the, the innate details of what was required to keep that business, to, to build that business, you know, from the ground up. And um, I think that really contributed a lot to our success you know, for me to be able to have that knowledge, but also be able to, you know, there would be days even when we were making a million dollars and I had, you know, shit tons of money. Did I need to be out with the crew? No, but I actually missed it. Like I'd be like, you know, to, to my ex, I'd be like, you got any guys need anybody today? Or can I just, you know, ride along? I'm kind of, you know, bored of doing bids. And just because it was good for me to stay connected to the front lines, but also it gave my team, you know, the trust, the collaboration there. And um, and I was able to, to to learn new things to be able to leverage in the business. How, how big a team forward. when you're doing a million a year? Like, well, how big a team does that look like in the asphalt business? We ended up having two crews, um, and so we have two crew leaders. And on average, for our normal jobs, each crew would have a crew lead, and then three to five guys, um, depending on what the job scope was. When I, when I, um, my ex and I, you know, we broke up, I ended up walking away from the business by choice. But um, when I left, we were doing like, you know, our football stadiums, our big ass malls. And sometimes we'd, we'd combine the crews for some of our really, really big jobs. Wow, that's amazing. Well, branding and marketing, I'm just curious, what do you do for marketing in an asphalt business? Like, 
how do you market that? What are some marketing tips you have? I, I'm just curious on my end. Oh, what did we do? Um, well, I, I built the, the website. I learned how to code. <laughs> um, I learned, I was, I've always been good at design, but I had to figure out how to get really good at also designing um, not just like online, but even in like in the bid packages. Because um, what I learned with that type of a business is I can have a, a great phone book ad. I can have a great website. I can, you know, pull them in from there. But then if like my bid packages are shit and there's not marketing components and, and, and hooks built into even the bidding process, I'm not going to close as many clients. And I used to have some of like, I remember one of the big plumbing companies called me one day and were like, can we buy your bid template? Like, cause yeah. I had just, I had created something that they saw how I was able to sell people at higher levels based on the different hooks and, and the, the system behind that. But going back, I was kind of scrolling. So I, I created the website. I did the SEO. Um, we did a lot of phone book stuff then because that's where the majority of our competitors were and our target market was. But towards the end, it was really all about um, being able to leverage our partnerships and our basically um, our, our, our JVs, right? Creating through our different um, channels of communication and our partners, being able to access the people that it was a good old boy network to where even if you just had word of mouth, get you in the front door. If somebody wasn't really rooting for you behind the scenes, you were not getting that job no matter how good your pricing was. And um, I was able to leverage the under understanding how the clicks in the in behind the scenes worked, um, what relationships I needed to build, but then also being able to reciprocate what they were looking for so that we could we could feed each other's business, you know, back and forth. Um, and I totally just scrolled as, as I was thinking about that. No, um, yeah, that's that's good. But I mean, it's just interesting to see how you had built that from nothing and the marketing things, the simple things that you did, but really they added up. And you're right. I mean, you have like 48 seconds to hook somebody. And if they're going to see your brand, your logo, and the, the phone book or even a website, like these are the things that get their attention where you get them in business. And the once you have them, you need to retain them. You clearly did a good job at that to build, uh, I mean, from 60000 to a million-dollar company in five years. Um, hey, that's awesome. You had a lucky guy there. Um, I'm sure <laughs> uh, now that people hear this, they're like, oh, I want to marry that girl. But, well, I mean, that's so lucky now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, right, right? <laughs> so you, you got out of that business. You walked away, and you left the guy, and you went into your own endeavor, <laughs> and now – you or not after that you went into Ali Ann and company tell me what that consists of I mean yeah so you know we we kind of we I just had to walk away from that business and um I basically had to start over it was more worthwhile to me to just kind of some you know some things had gone down and I needed to just get out from under that but it was also to the point where yeah I had a lot of money from that business and I was successful but I was completely empty I was burnt the hell out um I'd worked my entire 20s away for this company, but I'd sacrificed so much. And so I came out of that being like, okay, what the hell do you want to do with your life now, right? And I realized that if I could help other people do what I did in growing a business of that magnitude, make money, you know, make a, a boatload of money, 
but be able to succeed without the sacrifice, holy shit, like that lit the fire under my ass. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. So I created my own job. Allianne and Company is my consulting firm to where I help service-based businesses, specifically in the food and beverage industry now, working with food truckers, chefs, and, and restaurant owners, but ignite their profits, apply systems to where they simplify the back-end operations and they're able to create a business that doesn't consume them to where they can actually have freedom to live life, but live, live life profitably. Um, and, and ultimately, because to me, it was like, at the end of the day, what, if I had to walk away, what, what did I have? You know, I, I didn't, my memories from those five, six years were, you know, just all work. And to me, I don't want to do that for 30, 40, 50 years. And I now see that the majority of business owners struggle with that to where it's like they're trying to do this for their families. They're trying to do this to have more freedom, you know, run a business to get out from under being um, controlled by a boss. But then they ultimately just end up being controlled by the very business that was supposed to give them freedom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, so that's what I what I do now. So, so you got into the food truck business and you became known as the food truck whisperer. How do you even get a name like that, by the way? <laughs> I'm the king of crowdfunding. You're the food truck whisperer. We all got to <laughs> claim to fame. That was pretty damn rad. That was actually somebody a few months ago was messaging me and was like, Allie, I need to work with you. You're blown up in our group. They're calling you the food truck God, the food truck whisperer. And I'm like, what, what, what group is this? Like, I want to see this. This is pretty damn cool. And I'm like, the name just kind of stuck. But, um, yeah, so like I launched, so I walked away from the asphalt business in, in May 2013, launched the consulting firm, Allian and Company, December 2013, and then um, about mid-2014 is a couple approached me that had a food truck that um, they were doing pretty decent. They were making about 100 grand a year in sales after about a year, year and a half in business, but they were struggling because they were just getting by still, even at that level of sales. Um, to be able to support their family and um, and actually live comfortably, and so I saw the similarities in me with running the asphalt company, feast or famine, normal sales cycle, right? Having to deal with weather and really big machinery, and you know, just a lot of shit. Like you know, like our our asphalt loads, for example, it was eighty, hundred and twenty dollars a ton. You got twenty, you know, twenty tons on the truck. If you lose that load, if it rains or something, you know, shitty happens, that's a that's a fuckload of money, right? So I saw the big the, the feast or famine cycle and the similarities behind how hard the business was to not only run on a daily business, but to figure out how to grow it and figure out how to grow it without it consuming you. And I also I've I've managed bars before, you know, grown, you know, been in the restaurant business when I was younger. And um, I just really vibed with the food truckers. Like when I got in and I started helping that couple, within about four months, they increased their sales $25,000. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the landscape of the market and there's, there's really was nobody doing what I could do for the truckers. And I'm like, I can help these guys, you know, get out from under these businesses. And now to me, it's like, I say, you know, fuck the status quo. Like there are no limits to what I can help you create because Everybody told me what the limits were of the asphalt company. Everybody told me what the limits were with all the different businesses I've worked in. And the same goes true for the food truck industry. Everybody thinks that because the results of the majority are at a certain level, 
that you can't break, you know, break through, you know, that, that plateau or that level. But, um, honestly, that just says to me that there's something missing in your business model. So, so, so let's say, because I, I have some friends and I have people that have food trucks and let's say I had a food truck and you were going to come in and help me. What are some things, I guess, some common mistakes food truckers make and, so state them, and then what do you do? Like, what advice do you give to help them 10x their, their food truck business? Ah, oh, that's my favorite question. <laughs> okay, so the number one mistake every single food trucker makes from the onset is having the majority's plan. You know, they 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 mean? read they they Google online how to start a food truck, right? They go in to read all these books and blogs and think that, okay, I, I think I have enough to start the business and, and figure it out from there. But what's online, right? What's um, in these books and blogs and all that? It's the plan, it's the majority's plan. And if you are if your if your plan is the majority's plan, what are you gonna get? You're gonna get the results of the majority. And guess what? The majority of the food truck market is just making enough to have maybe a decent life, but they still work their freaking asses off. We're talking 12, 18-hour days, four, five, seven days a week, and you know they still are coming home, well, again, with maybe a decent living, but on average, these guys still are maybe only bringing home $60,000, $70,000 a year on their personal income. That's not a lot of money at the end of the day to be able to live off of and support a family. So that is the number one mistake that I see a lot of people making is they think that they just research and, and blog or, you know, all the blogs and books that they're going to be able to have a plan that's going to make them really successful with the food truck. And that just does not happen because it's only a very select few, the elite, that are able to break through that $200,000, $250,000 mark, even with one truck of a food truck, no matter what market you're in. And actually be able to have a business that is fully scalable and does not consume you um, on a daily basis. So that's number one, having the, having the plan of the majority. The second big mistake that I see a lot of people make is they, they aren't strategic. They don't know their numbers, either at the onset or after they get in business to where my favorite saying is when you know your numbers, your numbers work for you. I have this thing in the food truck uh, profit formula program that, that I host and it's actually called your profit blueprint to where I can tell you on a daily, hourly, per ticket basis, per gig basis, exactly how much money you need to be making not just to break even, not just to cover your, your operating costs, but to be able to profit and at what levels of profit. Because what a lot of food truckers do is they, they just take all the events in. And they just think that we're really busy, we're making all this money, but then you know the month's over and they're like, well, holy shit, I only have still $5,000 left yeah. in my account. Where'd it all go, right? So I teach my guys how to get very strategic about the types of gigs that they're booking, whether it's private gigs or public gigs. Um, but I also teach them because you can't just be the majority truck, right, and expect to get high-level event planners or promoters beating down your door to book with you. You've got to be a freaking lion in your market. You've got to be one of the it trucks for people to be clawing at your door and being like, please serve at my event. So you have to have that in place. But then I also show you not only how to, how to get that status, but then how to be very picky about the types of events that you're doing so that you're not just working to live at the end of the day. 
So, so what would what, what be the kind of events? Uh, this is really interesting for me. So what would be the kind of events that you would want to work at to make the most money? It depends on their business model, honestly. Um, there's some trucks based on their menu, based on their team's caliber, um, that do really fucking awesome at, you know, concert venues that, you know, have, you know, tens of thousands of people and the people are just lining up, you know, 50, 50 people deep waiting in line, you know, for their food. There's some truckers, though, that because of the type of food that they serve or their capacity, that's not the right event for them. Um, to where maybe they need to focus on more of the private catering, more maybe perhaps more experiential catering, where it's not just, oh, we're going to you know show up and serve food, but we're going to go far beyond that and provide an experience for you. So it just really depends on their concept, their menu, uh, their team's capacity, uh, and obviously going back to their numbers and their data of what events they need to be choosing to make the most money. How do you track the right uh, opportunities? You were saying about tracking the right opportunities. How do you do that? Like, what do you do as a food truck owner? Like, what are the different things you do to have them come to you? Mm. So it goes back to, yeah, I mean, within my the Profit Formula program, I actually have a couple different, um, I call it like the Attraction Accelerator. Then you have the Profits Blueprint where I break down the specific characteristics of the gigs. We break down the data behind the gigs to where they are able to see with a cr crystal clear vision who they need to be working with on the client level, the gig level, but then also even what they need to be serving, you know, the, the tickets and at what, you know, price points for those types of events. But for the folks listening right now, I mean, what I can tell you is you just have to, at the end of the day, like sit down, like right now, if you have a truck right now, think to yourself, what are the events you get most excited to serve at? What are the what and I don't know if we just Brandon you look like you froze so I don't know if I hope that you can hear me I can um, hear you I'm here okay good all right cool Th sit down and basically create like um create a menu of like your ideal client or like a recipe book like think about the, the events that you get super excited to to serve at and list out the reasons why you know is it you know because of the type of client, do you love working with wedding planners because, you know, they're on their game. They, they know how to say, hey, do X, Y, Z. They're super detailed. Yeah. Or do you, you know, you got to look at that kind of like, it's almost like when girls, <laughs> there's this one movie and I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like the, the perfect man recipe, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. To where then you can understand at least the characteristics of what makes your ideal client, your dream gig. But then you also have to go back to your data and your data needs to support that that is a gig that you should be serving at. And so you have to look at, um, you know, if you're serving, let's say for four to six hours at the gig, um, you should be walking away with at least several hundred, or not several hundred, several thousand dollars worth of profit in your bank account not, not gross sales profit actual profit. profit yeah not gross profit like and that's where a lot of people you know truckers get wrong they're like oh yeah you know we made seventy five hundred dollars at this event great that was your gross sales after you paid your staff your operating costs you know your fuel your food costs you know what were your profits at the end of the day so does does, does the data support that that is an event that you are really really strong with or the other part to that is Let's say the event is is pretty pretty rocking. 
but maybe there's like 20 trucks on average that you're competing with. Well, guess what? You can improve the traffic that's coming to your truck if you have built up your social media following and have a loyal tribe to where when you go, you know, to your tribe and say, hey, we're going to be at, you know, this location on this date, come see us. They're going to that event, not for the event, but they're going to see you because they freaking love you. And so you can double, triple your profits off of events if you focus on building up your tribe on the back end. I don't even remember what the question was, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. It's funny. I didn't even think of that. Like, actually build up your tribe so people come to you and just to get your food during the event. My question was how to stand out, how to actually mm. attract the right opportunities. But you answered that well. And now I'm thinking, like, just seeing for the event we did for Young Entrepreneur Convention, we had five food trucks there. And I'm thinking, like, okay, what each one did that looked differently. And they all had good food. Um, but now some of my friends, like I, I'm going to make sure they listen to this because this is great stuff to learn for how to have success. Well, and the other part to that, and you, you're not on video anymore. So hopefully I, I don't know if y'all are like staring at me right no. now, but, um, <laughs> no, my video cut out, but you can still hear me. Good. Okay, cool. So, but the other thing you got to think about too is like, for example, I'm in Tampa or like I work with a lot of truckers out in LA and New Jersey in the Philly market. Those are very saturated markets. You know, and you have a lot of competition for promoters or for event planners that are booking trucks and they're calling, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 20 trucks on average trying to figure out who they want to book. You should not be cutting your prices just to get in good with, you know, promoters or some high, high level catering gigs. Absolutely not. What's going to give you some of the best leverage to be able to get the, the dream clients and the dream gigs? is the backing of that tribe. Because if you say, hey, Mr. You know, festival owner or whatever, concert planner, yeah, you might be you know, contacting the other five hottest trucks of the market, but you can only book three. Well, guess what? I've got a following of 15,000 Facebook or Twitter followers. All I have to do is go promote this event for a couple weeks in advance, and I can almost guarantee you that I'll help increase your event attendance by 25% on your ticket sales. Like, holy balls. Like, why would they not want to have you, right, at their event? Because now you're reciprocating the benefit, not just that you're going to be able to serve their audience with some freaking rockin' food with the area, one of the area's hottest trucks, but now you can actually build up their audience on the back end, too. So, there's so much power in having a tribe as a food truck, not just to help your own profits, but to also leverage when you're trying to get in front of your some of your dream clients and gigs. So, first off, I mean, if I was going to work with you, like if I was going to do a food truck, I would contact you. And before I go to the next step, like how does somebody even get to work with you? Like what does that consist of? If I wanted to work with you to have an awesome food truck and to make a lot of money, where do I go? Like where do I sign up? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Allie Walter, or you can go to my website, www.allieann.com. That's A-L-I-A-N-N.com. And um, just hit me up, like whether it's Facebook or via my website, just ping me and um, we'll hop on the phone. Like I'm not, you know, I, I've got a really slam schedule, but if I chat with you for a few minutes, you know, on online and, um, and I determine that, you know, there might be some ways that I can help you. We're going to get on the phone. We're going to have a friendly conversation, whether it lasts, you know, 10 minutes or, you know, an hour. I'm going to be able to to ask you the questions that I need to to either A, point you in the right direction and give you the resources you need from the onset, 
or B, if you're qualified and, and at the level where I want to work with you, because I'm very picky about who I work with, then we'll talk about what that looks like. Because in that conversation, we're going to talk about what your goals are and what you want to be creating over the next 12 to 24 months with your business. And from there, I'm going to be like, okay, well, you know, let's help you do that by doing X, Y, Z. And um, so that's how, you know, you guys have just reach out to me. I don't bite. I promise, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, might, I might look all pretty at the end of the day. But yes, you know, I, I, um, what, I, I forget what one of my clients called me the other day. But um, I am a little bit of an ass kicker, but it's always for your benefit. So it's like, you know, you sugar better. and spice and something make, nice. Make you better. So I highly yeah. suggest anybody <laughs> listening, if you need help, Go to Allie. I mean, I, I met her back in L.A., and we are doing multiple projects together, and she is awesome. Uh, so, yes, I suggest her. So I want to know, this is for me to know, Allie, what you've done. What's the number one thing, if you're going to pick one thing that's picked for your success for Help Inside Build a Company, or you in the asphalt business, to go from to, to five figures to seven-figure business, what is one thing a company can do to go to that next level. What's a key component mm. to have success in your business for going from 60,000 to a million in five years? Mm, that's a great question. One thing. Oh, I hate, I hate limited options, man. You can give so. me a couple. Okay. So number one is um, take risk. You got to take risk. At the end of the day, what do you have to lose? Regret is so fucking much worse than taking action on a risk, calculated risk, I will say, and that's where my next point will come into, but wouldn't you rather take action on something and have learned from a mistake or a failure and just know how to do it better the next time than not have done it at all? Exactly. Like, just take action, take risk. Like, life is too damn short. You know, at the end of the day, if you lose all your money, like whatever the case may be, guess what? Money's already printed. Just go back out there and get some damn more. Like it's not, you know, it's, it, it, you're smart. You, you, can, you can support yourself. It, it, don't allow fear to determine your decisions. Allow the outcome and the dreams and the vision that you've cast for yourself to drive your motivation and drive your decision-making habits. I'm quoting so that's that. number one. I'm quoting that right now. Don't allow fear to determine <laughs> your visions. I love it. Fuck yes. Number two, though, is ask for help. You know, when I, with the asphalt business, I look back and I'm like, holy shit, if I had actually hired a mentor, like hired a consultant, oh my. God, the shit that I could have done. I mean, because look what I did, and I didn't even really know what I was doing. I was just <laughs> doing what I thought I, I needed to do. But I still asked for help. I still had some folks within my, my close circle that, you know, owned some asphalt plants, and they didn't do, have our exact company, but I looked up to them. You know, they had still built successful businesses, and I asked for help, and I received their feedback. And that was one of the ways that um, definitely accelerated my progress. And now that I've learned the power of mentorship, just even in the past six months, I mean, Allianne and Company has only been, you know, in operation for a few years. And in the past six months, I have now spent more than, oh my God, now we're upwards of $60,000 in six months on mentorship. But guess what? I have, I don't even know what the word is for five times. Like, what is that? Quintupled or something? <laughs> my sales, like yeah. the more I invest, when it's with the right people and people that I vibe with, 
the more I get back from it. So ask for help, but don't be afraid to step into investment that scares the living fucking bejesus out of you because change <laughs> requires challenge, right? And if oh, you cuss only- even more than me, I love it. <laughs> The only way for you to have the change you want in your life is to be challenged and to be st- and to be stretched, you know, to the limits that you're uncomfortable with. So ask for help and be willing to invest in mentorship so that you can invest in your future and the dreams, you know, that you that you have. So who, who have been some of your mentors um, to help you in business? Like who are your mentors or people you hang out with now? Oh my gosh. Well, my first online internet mentor, I, I owe him so much because he helped me get out of the rat race of the local networking networking um, race is Tony T. Garden. Um, he is a master at helping people with internet marketing in terms of like creating online programs and just some really unique secret formulas behind, um, you know, building up your audience and, and finding your niche. You know, because like food truckers, you know, everybody thinks like they're not online or it's just local businesses. And I, I now get people from literally, I get people from Thailand, from Brazil, from Mexico. I mean, I get people from all around the globe and I work virtually. It's pretty damn cool. So Tony, I absolutely adore him. He's one of my first mentors. And then, um, and now I, I work with uh, Leela um, and Gulliver, who own Strategic Anarchy, and they are a sales and marketing agency based out of Australia. And, um, holy balls, man. That's what I mean. Like I just, you know, I stepped into a really elite level with them because I saw what they were working on. You know, they're working with people like, you know, Richard Branson and freaking um, oh. George. Cody. I mean, they were just at Necker Island a month ago and I just knew that the trickle down effect of what they learn at the caliber, the, the level they're playing at and what I can now learn from them. And obviously, you know, I was right because I've quintupled or whatever the hell that word is my my business in six months since working just, with. Just them. say ten x. I like that. Ten x, ten x, yeah, ten x, yo. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're masters at what they do, and um, it, the trickle- it, it comes trickle- down to you are who you surround yourself with. You're average of the five people you hang around with. I said that thing yeah. three times a day in all the calls I've said and yes. went on. But it, it's so true, and that's why, yeah. like you and I, the law of attraction. People beyond good looks. <laughs> no, law of attraction is when you guys, when you have a common goal in mind or you have big goals and vision, um, you're going to attract people that have the similarity. And we obviously are both motivated people. And now we're talking for doing different business things. you got to surround yourself with people that have common goals and that are motivated that can build you up to make yeah. you grow bigger. Because yeah. I'm always thinking bigger. I mean, I... I continuously saying recently my big goal of impacting a billion lives by the time I'm 40. I mean, that kind of scares me a little bit because billions big, but you know what? It's very possible. Mm. And, uh, when you say big things like that, other people attract you and help you. So, uh, I'm honored to have you as a friend. And well, and I just have to say, going back to that, if your goals in the next let's say two to five years, even two to five years, do not scare the living shit out of you. They aren't big enough. You are still playing at your comfort level. Get the hell out of your comfort level. Get some big, hairy, scary goals and just rock the hell on. So um, besides that, what would be, before we go, what's your best advice to give somebody out there who's just getting started on entrepreneurship or thinking about jumping in? What's your advice to them mm -hmm. for in life? (sighs) Know your why 
And I don't just mean like the, the, the surface level why. You know, like um, one of the big things Leela and Gulliver have taught me is I used to think that my why was helping people create better businesses so they can have better lives, right? I mean, that got my fire motivated. But being an entrepreneur is hard. It is the hardest job in the entire world. I absolutely believe that. But it's also one of the most rewarding. But in order to get through the trenches of those really hard days, you've got to be super aligned with a really deep why to keep you going to see the vision far beyond yourself. So for me, when I realized that my why was even deeper than helping people with their businesses so that they could have better lives, and I realized that to me it was actually about creating lasting impact and change for generations down the road in terms of I am now working on programs that I can help low-income families and, and kids in schools be able to build up their education, their support, and their resources to actually have the opportunity to own their own businesses someday, to break that poverty cycle, but then also on the same account, the people who are 30, 40, 50 years old that have made some mistakes in life and been incarcerated, I want to be able to give both of those sides of the spectrum, the underdogs, right, the renegades, I want to be able to give them a second chance, not just for their own lives, because if I can break that cycle for just that one person, what can they now do for their kids? What can their kids then do for their kids? And the cycle will just build up from there. And we can provide that lasting change for generations down the road of people who are no longer dependent on welfare, government assistance, or getting incarcerated for bullshit because they just didn't feel like or believe in themselves and see that they had a, a better future for themselves. So when I think about that as my why, holy shit, do I get excited. And when I think about when I'm exhausted at the end of the day, and I think back to that, that kid who's you know 14 years old thinking about joining a gang that I could you know potentially help give him an opportunity to have a job that he can now potentially own his own business one day, like that gets me really freaking fired up and gets me through the hard times. So know your why and have a vision so grand that it absolutely lights a fire under your ass so that you can move forward through those tough days and create a business that is far beyond your wildest imagination. I love it. I love it. I love it. I see why we're good friends because you have the passion that I do. I love your passion, your drive, and you're right. You need to know your why and why you do things you do. And it, it, that kind of stuff is what pushes you in the tough times as we record this podcast show at 1130 your time um, <laughs> to do something like this. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Where again can people find you if they just want to reach out to you or reach out to you for your services or anything else or just talk to you because you're awesome just find me on facebook you can find all my skydiving photos and my freaking street bike ride you know videos um ali walter a-l-i walter w-a-l-t-e-r or go to my website www.aliann.com and um yeah just hit me up i don't bite all the time but um brandon yeah this was amazing I don't know if, you know, I'm a little burnt out. Yeah, I mean, it's 1130 this time, but I'm hopped up on coffee, and I think this is an awesome conversation. So <laughs> I'm so thankful for, you know, you having me. We're going to be rolling some awesome projects out over the next couple of months. I'm super stoked for that. And um, you're a rock star, dude. Anybody who's in your circle and who's listening to this, 
you know, stay in this tribe because Brandon's got um, he's got some awesome shit that he's working on. <laughs> oh, gonna... now I'm blushing. Now, <laughs> thank, <laughs> some thank you so much, Allie. I appreciate you coming on. And anybody, I highly suggest listening. If you definitely, if you want to get in the food industry or for a food truck, you contact Allie. She knows her stuff. She is a the food truck whisperer. And uh, great show. Thank you again, Allie. And you know what time it is, everybody. It is time to go out there. Create something great and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan T. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Well, Allie is something, isn't she? I, I really get along with her and she is uh, she's a lot like me. She she cusses like a sailor. She's very interactive and outgoing and she she is awesome. I, I'm looking forward to doing some other projects with Allie and everything she's got going on. I, I urge you to go to her website, foodtruckwhisper.com. We'll have that on the notes. Check out what she has to offer. If you're looking to get in the food industry, you want to start a food truck, you need help with your food truck, contact her. She's a top in the industry. She's working with celebrity chefs, people with big food trucks that are doing over half a million dollars a year in one food truck. I mean, it's just crazy to see what this industry can do. If you want to be among the elite food truck people, you need to contact Allie. Please do it. I highly suggest it because she knows her stuff. And again, go to my website, keystothecrowd.com. Check out our new site. Check out the course there. Check out the opportunity for you to get a segment on Ambitious Adventures. And then also, if you want to go to the notes with everything on this show, go to brandontadams.com. We have the notes for the show, more info there, and other content. We've been continuously updating. Actually, in the last month, we've updated a lot of things on our sites because we're getting ready some big things. We're going to continuously have some updates here that are going to blow your mind. And if you want regular updates or if you just want to see the inside of my life, add me on Snapchat, btadams18. I'm snapping every day. I have people reach out every day. It's cool to interact with them. And I will snap you back. You just got to snap me first. So snap me, btadams18, and uh, have a little fun with that. So that is it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And in the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.